Welcome everyone to a really exciting conversation. We have Zach here. Zach and I are teamed up actually at Casa del Otorongo, and Zach is a maestro ayahuasquero. So he's received extensive training deep in the Amazon jungle in the very hardcore traditional way, many dietas and, and lots of ceremony work. So Zach's part of a lineage down there, Mestizo lineage, in the same village where our retreat center is. So that's super, super exciting. But the other amazing thing about Zach is not only has he become a shaman, a maestro, an ayahuasquero, whichever word you choose to use in the jungle, he's also been initiated in the traditions of the Quero people from the Andes, who have a form of shamanism as well that doesn't involve the use of plants, but is energy medicine based. So what's incredibly exciting about this conversation is Zach's really been innovating in the ayahuasca space in terms of combining these two modalities together. And this is giving birth to a system, a modality of healing, as far as we can tell, is unprecedented and is having extremely efficacious results. People are able to get a lot of effectiveness and really achieve the outcome they're looking for in terms of overcoming whatever they were coming into the ayahuasca work with. Really excited to just geek out here and get into this conversation and have a chance to pick Zach's brain and understand exactly why these two work so well together, what's this all about, and just see what we can learn here with Zach. That's quite the introduction. Thank you very much, Jake. And let's not forget that props to you as well, or recognition to you as you also are part of that Quero lineage and have received the training and uh, also do that work with the Andean energy medicine as well. Of course. Thanks, Zach. So as a jumping off point, ayahuasca alchemy, the fusion of the Quero lineage of shamanic energy medicine from the Andes, and then traditional mestizo ayahuasca shamanism in the jungle. How does this work? Why do these two work so well together? Maybe I should start with why I ended up with the Four Winds Society and Alberto Viodo, who is the teacher or the lead teacher in that school. It's important because I started working with ayahuasca back in 2009, moved to Peru in 2010, and just did nothing else except for ayahuasca and, and plant medicines for 11, 12 years. And what was frustrating to me after having, I don't know, 1,200 to 1,500 ayahuasca ceremonies, I also had 70 to 100 dietas, I still had patterns that I was completely aware of, but I could not seem to shake them regardless of the plant medicine I had done, regardless of the therapy I'd been going to. and. So I was really in this place of what do I have to do to release these unwanted behavioral patterns that I'm aware of, but just can't seem to release. And through a series of events, synchronicity, if you will, I came across Alberto Viodo and the Four Winds Society and that training program. And I took the training program, learned the protocols. And as part of that training program, we team up with other practicing shaman who are studying that course, and we receive 
the sessions, the protocols, these they're called illuminations and soul retrievals. And there's also energetic extractions and several protocols. And I went through a series of these sessions and it changed my life. I was able to release these patterns that I had recognized that were frustrating me and that I could not release any other way. And so a big aha moment came to me as, wow, this is the missing piece. So with plant medicine, I was able to release a lot of patterns, release a lot of issues. And it also brought awareness to issues that I was not able to release. Uh, a common theme in my experience was, okay, I'm going to go <clears throat> on retreat, go through some ceremonies and also maybe do a, a shamanic dieta. And during that time, I would get visions or understanding about my behaviors, my patterns, the things that were in my shadow. And I would leave that retreat going, oh, thank God I'm done with that part of my life or that issue, that pattern. And it would work for a while, but then it would come back. And what I realized that was very different in the, the Four Winds Society Andean Energy Medicine Protocols was that it clears out the pattern itself. It clears the energy associated with that pattern. And then it clears out the affinity for that pattern. The, the affinity is the key because what was happening, I realized uh, working with plant medicine is it was clearing out the, the energy and to a certain extent, the imprint, but it was not clearing out the affinity. So it was happening as I was going out into the world after a retreat and I still was attracting that same energy of that pattern. So it reignited the pattern all over again. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And so this affinity that's in there, we can understand what an imprint is, mm -hmm. process, stuck emotion, traumas. The affinity itself was something that allowed that to fester and to grow there. I'm not sure, maybe in the ayahuasca visionary space, but I'm curious if we can add a little more color around what an affinity is, like energetically speaking, right? Yeah, it, it's literally the definition of affinity is you're attracted. There's an attraction, mm -hmm. right? And so you could use the terminology of like energy attracts like energy. You can say, talk about vibration. People are attracted to similar vibration. And so when we work with plant medicines, ayahuasca, and doing shamanic dietas, we're raising our vibration, and yet our energetic structure is still intact. And so that raising of the vibration will clear out a lot of unwanted, quote-unquote, vibration, energy what have you. However, unless you go in and actually adjust that structure is going to have an affinity and that's going to draw in or be attracted to that same, same pattern or what we call an imprint. Now, yeah. Just for definition's sake, when we use the terms pattern, an unwanted pattern, a behavior that is ir an irrational response to a particular stimulus or trigger, if you want to say that, that is a pattern and it's also an imprint. It's that irrationality, that irrational response, I should say. Does that answer your question? 100%. And but the visual that comes to mind for me as you're saying that is just 
almost like a weed with its roots and that we might be cutting off the weeds, having this beautiful looking garden, but that sometimes some of the roots were left in mm-hmm. and then things were able to return and grow back. Whereas in this case, we're able to either remove the roots or go in and change the soil around the roots and make sure everything's yep. positioned to flourish going forward and everything. So exactly. that's awesome. And just to make this a little more real for people, and we don't have to get right into the nitty gritty and stuff, but it's really interesting, right? Because you worked with ayahuasca for so long. You were a very spiritual person. You were meditating, doing yoga, all these things, living healthy. You still had these persistent patterns, right? Mm -hmm. Just so people can relate and stuff like that. What are we talking about here? Some of these patterns or maybe just an example of when you finally had that aha moment. Whoa, this is so different. Like, compared to the experiences you had before. Is there anything that you could share with us? Yeah, absolutely. So I had this pattern for quite some time. It really impacted my life, particularly in business. And this was the inability to really trust business partners in the sense that I always in the back of my mind thinking this person's going to, to screw me over. Where this came from, I don't know. It may have been a past life. I'm not exactly sure. I'm going to take a little aside here and talk about when we do this kind of work with the Indian energy medicine. Once we do a session, it is super, super common, a week, two weeks, three weeks down the road, for a complete forgetting of what the problem was in the first place. It's that powerful. So when you ask that question, I had to search for a second of, okay, what's an actual pattern that I can remember that I can tell you about? So that's why I'm saying that I'm not exactly sure where the pattern came from, whether it was past life or what have you, because I'm sure in the session, the practitioner that was working on me told me, but I just don't remember. That's how powerful this process is. So I had this pattern of being somewhat paranoid about people screwing me over. And uh, that was obviously not a pleasant experience on my side. And what I have discovered looking back is that I actually, through that pattern, that paranoia, attracted people who would screw me up. Subsequently, I have no longer a concern about that. I have a, a much more solid trust in myself in terms of choosing my business partners, my friends, et cetera, et cetera, and have definitely seen that I've been able to do that and create wonderful partnerships. So that's been a huge pattern that has been healed, released, corrected, if you will. Another one I always like to talk about is I used to have this thing where I would walk into a room and within 10 seconds, I could figure out what is wrong with this picture. What's wrong in this room? Great skill to have, to be able to go into a room very quickly, figure out, okay, we got to adjust this. Let's change this. I'll clean this. However, I had an irrational response in the sense that I would get really pissed off. I would get angry and I wouldn't necessarily yell at people, but I would certainly get in a crappy mood and be a little short with people. And it was impacting my relationships, because for much of my time, particularly in working on retreats and so forth, we oftentimes have a team and we're living together for long periods of time. And then I went and had an illumination, which is this Andean energy medicine protocol. Subsequent to that, I still have the ability to go into a room and 
see what needs to be corrected, what needs to be cleaned, what have you. But I don't get upset about it. That's been huge. So it, I have healed a significant amount through this Andean uh, energy medicine. And I'm a believer in when we combine the Andean energy medicine with ayahuasca, it's rocket fuel in terms of healing. Thanks for sharing that, Zach. Thanks for being vulnerable with us and, and guiding us through it. And what's really interesting too with this type of work is because you're choosing a specific pattern, mm -hmm. when you're back in the arena of life, it's pretty easy to discern if it worked or not, right? Absolutely. That's something interesting. So coming into ayahuasca, people form an intention mm -hmm. and that's emphasized a lot. But we also hear a lot of the times that the medicine will give you what you need and not what you want and things like that. I'd be curious actually from your perspective here, because you've seen a lot of this over the years. Sometimes people might set a very specific intention or you've probably had a lot of experiences yourself personally in the work and then something totally different seems to happen, but it's mm -hmm. somewhat connected. So I think that's an interesting maybe similarity or difference to pick apart here in this work. We come into ayahuasca, we have an intention. That's a global intention for that ceremony, that particular ceremony. Mm -hmm. We'll get given what we need, not necessarily what we want or asked for, because part of it's we have blind spots or else we would have been able to get there ourselves without the help of this wise, intelligent plant teacher. So say we're in this ceremony, someone sets an intention, they're going through the ceremony. When it comes time to do the, the illumination, they're choosing a specific pattern to work on. And it's almost like more specific than just the intention or I'm not sure what I'm looking for here, but I think it might be yeah. an interesting conversation. Just to be clear, you're talking about combining an illumination or soul retrieval with ayahuasca during an ayahuasca ceremony. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah. Okay. This is one of the big benefits of doing the two together. Is suggestion is, yes, go into ceremony, have your intention. Maybe that involves a pattern to work on. Maybe it doesn't. Okay. It can be either or. And the suggestion is ask ayahuasca what is the pattern or the imprint that needs to be worked on every single time. <laughs> and I've been doing this for several years now. I've been combining illuminations with ayahuasca for several years now. And every single time the result has been ayahuasca. Yep. That's the intention. Let's work on that. And we do an illumination at the, towards the end of ceremony and everything's fantastic. Or ayahuasca says, no, that's close, but we need to go over here. And she makes it very clear as to what intention, what pattern, what imprint needs to be worked on for that particular illumination. So the illumination or soul retrieval process is a fantastic way to work with ayahuasca to figure out what are the core issues to work on? What are the priority issues to work on? Because while we might have a good idea, we think we have a good idea, oftentimes we don't have the best ability to diagnose ourselves. And that's where ayahuasca can come in and be that second set of eyes. And frankly, ayahuasca does it better than we can ourselves. Beautiful, Zach. Yeah, 100%. And I'm getting a lot of chills here as I think about this, because I think we're really distilling it and articulating it nicely here. So I heard this from Selva Lawler, the daughter of Don Howard Lawler. Okay. Right? When she's asked to explain ayahuasca, if she boils it down to one keyword, 
She <laughs> uses the word confrontation. That's what ayahuasca is doing in one word. She doesn't use this language. I'm paraphrasing. The loving grandma that's going to come show you or maybe grab you by the ear if you mm -hmm. need a bit of a stern look and cause you to become aware of the things that you are blind to in your mm -hmm. conscious that need to receive your awareness, your understanding, your empathy, your love in order to reconcile. And I think of that as changing the soil among the roots. Mm -hmm. We're changing the way we understood what happened mm -hmm. to us. So that seems to be one of the peak reasons people come into ayahuasca. They're really curious to see what will they be shown and what will they see that they couldn't have before. Whether A, that's in a healing sense, what am I missing? What's a blind spot that's holding me back? Or B, it's in a connect to the divine, receive mm -hmm. a creative vision or download. They're looking for sort of an enhanced perception from ayahuasca. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And from my experience as a practitioner with the shamanic Andean energy medicine work, tremendous efficacy, more simplistic in its process, less dramatic for both mm -hmm. the practitioner and participant. However, there's a tremendous amount of onus put on the fact that you chose the correct pattern to work with in that session. Right. Sometimes, again, we don't know what we don't know, and we're, we don't know what we're blind to. That's why we're blind to it. So I think that this combination of plant medicine, ayahuasca, but also other plants are fantastic at helping us perceive things that we're not able to perceive on our own, and yep. then having this other more you surgical. Know, surgical, masculine mm -hmm. precision come in. And, and that, that's another thing. So just as I flip it back to you here, Zach, it seems to me that ayahuasca is bringing a lot of the feminine polarity to this equation. And then the Andes, the Apus, the mountains, this more surgical, direct, practical approach is coming in on that side. So it's a beautiful kind of alchemy integrated yeah. approach. What do you think about that from your experience or just did that resonate? It, it resonates and I agree. I just don't know if I have further commentary. It just yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Ayahuasca is very much feminine and chaotic and let's whip things up and get yeah. things going. And through that, bringing to the surface this really dramatic, exciting, sometimes a little scary, bringing to the surface, it's okay. Now, what are you going to do with that? And this is what integration is all about. And this is why bringing in the Andean energy medicine can be so powerful and rapidly increase the pace of integration because you bring through the ayahuasca, we bring this undesired pattern, this undesired imprint to the surface. And then we go with our scalpel, so to speak, which is the Andean energy medicine, and we remove it. And using that surgeon analogy, we're making sure the wound is clean, it doesn't get infected again. We remove the affinity so it doesn't come back. And yeah, it's fantastic. So something else is that when people receive the Andean energy medicine by itself, there are varying degrees of sensitivity that people have as the patient undergoing that. To be specific, sometimes people feel things somatically, sometimes they don't. Sometimes people just fall asleep. Sometimes people have literal visions themselves. They're perceiving things and they're getting a little bit of color 
in terms of information, what might have been the cause of this, what, what might be the actual story, the source of this. And something that we learn as we're getting initiated into this tradition from Alberto Viodo and the Quero is we are concerned with stories because people have stories and that's their mm -hmm. way of relating to the world. But we're meant to be detached from them because we're not working within the story. We're working directly on the energetics. However, our bedside manner, so to speak, needs to incorporate a little parlay, a little discussion with mm -hmm. the person in order to help to seed within their story this healing solution or path or empower them as the author, as the hero of their story. We need it to integrate and fit within their story, which is part of helping them to, at the mental level, at least make sense of this and then go on to lead a life without it. And so that's something that's coming to me that's really interesting here is, again, the heightened perceptual state of the patient, they would be able to perhaps gain a little more information about why the story, the background, the source. Have you seen yes. that back happening? That's ex exactly what happens when we combine ayahuasca with the Andean energy medicine. For those people who are interested in spirituality and at the same time have not really experienced their energetic body or how their energetic body works or what have you, this can be an amazing protocol to go through to learn how to understand your energetic body. So what I've seen is someone who, like myself, I was at one point quite numb to my energetic body, particularly pre-ayahuasca, but even post-ayahuasca, I was a little, yeah, I need to be in ayahuasca before I see how the energetic body works. So what I found, I'm repeating again, is that when we combine this Andean energy medicine into an ayahuasca ceremony, while someone is still in the ayahuasca space, feeling the effects of the ayahuasca, doing this protocol, in the process, they oftentimes get a much clearer understanding of where that pattern or where that imprint came from. And they also get a real experience of what's going on in their energetic body. And with that new understanding that ayahuasca, by the way, is teaching that person, that, that patient who's going through uh, the surgery, so to speak, ayahuasca is teaching that person real time what's going on in your energetic body. And then what I have found is two weeks, three weeks down the road, I do another <clears throat> session with the Indian energy medicine without ayahuasca. And that person is like, wow. During that session, I had, I had a very similar experience as to understanding what's going on in my energetic body as when I was in the medicine. And what we're doing, just to take this a little bit further, what we're doing with the ayahuasca alchemy here in Peru at Casa Otorongo, we are doing five sessions of the illumination process, most of them in ceremony. And then we're doing a soul retrieval all within a week plus four ayahuasca ceremonies. So whoever comes and does this work is going to be really energetically sensitive at the end of this process. And this is something that I think a lot of people are particularly interested in because on the spiritual path, the whole idea 
just being able to energetically feel and connect to the divine, whatever you want to call the divine God, great spirit, however you want to call it. That is an energetic feeling that is there. However, we don't know how to feel it because we're energetically numb. And so this is one of the goals that I personally have is to help people, one, learn about their energetic body, learn how to connect with the divine, and do that outside of ayahuasca. I love ayahuasca. She teaches us so many things and gives us so many experiences. And for me, the goal is what I call the empty cup. That is, I don't have to drink ayahuasca anymore to interact with these energies and feel them and also the divine. That's beautiful. It reminds me of, are you being carried by the medicine or are you carrying the medicine? And a good doctor tries to get rid of their patients, right? So right. hopefully this can help. Hey, another thing that was coming to mind, Zach, is so I'm getting a lot of chills here. My <laughs> legs too. Way back in the day, ayahuasca was a diagnostic tool. It was something reserved most of the time, let's say, for the maestro themselves. And you talk to people who are well in tune with this type of history, and they describe that you'd have someone comes to the shaman with a problem. Shamans, I'll take a look for you with ayahuasca type of thing. Yeah. They maybe are taking a look on behalf of various patients in that one ceremony. And mm -hmm. then they're coming back with the diagnostic recommendations as well as the solutions right. from the wise, intelligent spirit that's teaching them and, and showing them what to do. And you'd hear funny cases, even this guy had a sore knee all the time. And the shaman in, in ceremony saw that, guess what? After work every day, you get drunk and you go to this pub and the stair outside the pub is loose and you keep tripping. So either fix the stair or and sometimes or stop drinking. have one choice. Yeah. But this is really interesting because a lot of people are drawn to, like we said, the idea of what they might be able to perceive under the effects or embrace of ayahuasca. However, there's also a tremendous amount of fear to actually partake in that experience for some people. And mm -hmm. some people, like, they don't want to, and maybe it's not meant for them. And it's also an energetically heavy experience for your physical mm -hmm. body. We have people with different energetic architectures where maybe it takes a, a lot more out of them as well, too. What I'm, What's coming to me here is that the other amazing thing from the integration of these two is it opens up that possibility again. If you had someone who was entering body of shamanic intervention work with you, they wanted to heal, but they're as the maestro, as the person in ayahuasca ceremony, you could also receive the diagnostic information on what patterns do they need to work on. And then you could verbally tell that to them after, and then they could come and they're not in ayahuasca and they receive the illuminations after, but they've still received the benefit of having the omnipotent spirit of ayahuasca to help in deciding like the course of which illuminations should be done, which patterns are holding this person back. Just an idea that was coming right there. And, okay. Are you saying that the guest is drinking ayahuasca? I'm drinking. No, they're not drinking ayahuasca. Yes. Oh. I come to you. I'm like, hey, Zach, I'd love to get a soul retrieval and like a bunch of illuminations. I'm feeling distraught in my life. I'm not sure what's holding me back. And then you're like, cool, I'm going to go into ayahuasca. I'm going to figure out what's going on with you. And then we're going to come and we're going to do a series of interventions that are not going to be so dramatic or you're not going to be throwing up and stuff like that, you yourself. But you're going to have ayahuasca being the head doctor who's looking after your case and providing the right course of action for us to take, basically. Yeah, that 
could work in with some caveats. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, and I think this is what you're suggesting, is that they still come to ceremony. They're still in the space, right? They don't have to drink ayahuasca, but the, it would be very helpful for them to be in the ayahuasca space. Yes, some diagnosis could happen on my end. And when it's time for that illumination or soul retreat or what have you, and I have received what I think needs to be addressed, there still needs to be a conversation with that person about what needs to be addressed mm-hmm. and whether or not they're ready to release it. So that I could foresee a situation where I come up with a diagnosis and the person's just like, yeah, no, I'm, no I don't want to, <laughs> for whatever reason, they don't want to. And the reason I would want them in the ayahuasca space is I would almost defer to them first. Being in the ayahuasca space, you don't have to drink a whole cup of ayahuasca to receive the benefits from an ayahuasca ceremony. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes what we do for people who don't want to drink ayahuasca but want to be in the space or want a night off but they still want to be in the ayahuasca ceremony is we'll just have them take a pinky and dip it in the ayahuasca and put it on their tongue. Mm-hmm. That energetically gets them in the space. And so my point being is, that, yes, have them in the space, have them do that pinky dip, not fully get into the ayahuasca, of course. And that energy of ayahuasca is still going to be in the space and will inform that person, in spite of their not being fully in the ayahuasca experience, will inform that person what to work on. And then it will be a kind of a two-way conversation as to what we want to work on. Mm-hmm. Two-way conversation. And then I have my techniques to confirm whether or not that's the appropriate pattern or imprint to work on. So I would confirm it. This way, it avoids that I'm the shaman, I know what's best Yes. scenario. Mm-hmm. Because it's, okay, I have an idea. Guest, you have an idea. Let's confirm with spirit what is actually the right uh, thing to work on. Yep. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. And now what was initially coming to me was like, imagine they don't, they're not in the ayahuasca ceremony. Oh, they're out in the... They're not even there. Imagine they're like in California, you're in Mm -hmm. Peru and they're like, I want to receive illumination, but I'm looking for the like really in-depth one where you really go and enter ayahuasca space like on my behalf and I'm giving permission Mm -hmm. for that and Mm -hmm. I intend on receiving healing and I am ready. I don't Mm -hmm. know exactly what it is. I have a pretty good idea. I think this is it. I'm ready. I'm really ready for this. It would be so cool for me if you could also see what else you can gather from that amazing space for me that might help guide our process. And then you'll confirm after you still talk to them, you do everything normal, but that's like on Zoom after or something. Yeah. I I have not done that. So I'm hesitant to be like, yes, that's the way it would work. But I would definitely be open. That would be a really interesting and quite possibly very productive experiment. I'm open to that. If anyone wants to do that, you can do it. (laughs) And for you, it's a a little less daunting to enter that space as it is for others compared to others. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It could be their first experience. And I think that's interesting. And it almost allows us to go back to the roots of the way ayahuasca was used before, because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people who want the benefit of ayahuasca, but they're not, they don't want the whole thing. And that's actually, that takes me to microdosing, which is something that I think is very interesting and something that I would like us to experiment with because that's another tremendously interesting potential modality of healing is imagine you're in 
Texas or Canada or somewhere where just the vine of ayahuasca mm -hmm. is fully legal and yep. you have just the vine and your dropper bottle and you're on a protocol and this medicine has been made in the jungle and in all the right ways and everything. And then you are perhaps going through a body of microdosing while receiving also your various illuminations and building up to your soul retrieval mm -hmm. and ayahuasca is involved and you've already got ayahuasca all part of you from all the work mm -hmm. you've done. So then that's another way to potentially go about serving this up in a light model, let's say. Yeah. Yeah, I would fully endorse that. That would be something that I, I see no issues whatsoever if someone has, again, just straight vine, which for those of you who don't know, the vine itself does not have any DMT in it. It does have plenty of healing properties and there is an MAO associated with it. And I think some harmalines are, so there, there's a slight effect because uh, I have microdose just straight vine and it's definitely it's uplifting and that is the medicine there's a reason why the medicine is called ayahuasca it's not called chacruna or wambisa leaf that has the dmt in it yep is what brings the visions but we're not calling the medicine chacruna we're calling it ayahuasca because that's where the medicine is and so i can only see benefit from doing that sort sort of work in uh, association with the illumination and soul retrieval processes. Yeah, absolutely. Have you ever, Zach, had an ayahuasca microdose while engaging in any of the work as a practitioner on the Andean energetic medicine side? Have you yourself ever imbibed microdose of ayahuasca? I'm just curious if there are any yeah. enhanced perception abilities on the practitioner side. No, but I could see that would be the case and i my response is like why would i microdose just the vine itself i could just drink the, yes. the real thing <laughs> and which for those of you don't have much experience with ayahuasca there is a point in ayahuasca where the chances of having a challenging time gets less and less as you progress and so my question would be why would i just take the vine why wouldn't i take the whole ayahuasca plus chacruna and, and get the full effect but that's more of a joking response. Than yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I, I just think we're really on to something with the combination of plants and energy medicine because mm -hmm. of their nature of being a more material world, viscerally experienced sensory perception type experience. So yeah, there, there's probably incredible combinations. I'm really excited to just get deep into this work. I can imagine in the future, you're our guest. We look at your natal chart. We understand your energetic architecture. We know your human design, your gene keys. We can relate certain herbs and plant medicine and even jungle plants that are correct for you in terms of who you are. And, mm -hmm. and, and we, you could leave a retreat with some medicine prepared that was like Zach's bottle of Zach juice that we've yeah. understood. Yeah, put together. Yeah, yeah, and you go home and then you have that still. And then you're receiving more energy medicine work. Totally, totally. Yeah, I want to flip the table here and ask you a question because we were talking the other day and I asked you to describe this Andean energy medicine, particularly the illumination. Just for those who are learning about this for the first time, the foundational practice in this Andean energy medicine protocol is called the illumination. And then we just build on top of that. And so if you can give me your description of what is an illumination 
and what this is all about? Because I think we skipped that in the beginning. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So I always start by explaining just our energetic architecture a little bit, right? We are essentially electrical beings in some way, and we create a magnetic field, a biomagnetic field around us. And every living being has this. It's not mystical. It's a very scientific magnetic field that's in the shape of a torus, right? Mm -hmm. And when, when we look at it from more of the shamanic paradigm, they're talking about how you have a physical body, and then you also have kind of a field state when you have a informational state that is unseen from our normal three-dimensional perception. So we have these two that are coupled together. And so we have this field of information that is a part of us, that is around us. It's connected to our soul, which is like the unique, like who we are. And we get this beautiful body and we're taught that the body is tethered to this field version of ourselves through the chakra systems, the chakras, those being the connection point where we have hormonal factories in the body. So like glands that produce hormones and nerve, nerve plexus. So wherever those occur in the body, we have the major chakras. Mm -hmm. So I just mentioned that so people can envision. Then when we go through our lives, we encounter certain traumas, certain emotions that comes in our system to wash through us in some way and provide some information and stimulus from our soul in terms of something we encountered in life. But I think a lot of the times we're not able to have that emotion run through our system and process through and, mm -hmm. and leave us. It ends up getting stuck. Sure. There's certain people, they really push down their emotions and they don't want to deal with it. But we end up not processing this information and it starts to turn into a feeling, which is when an emotion hasn't run through and passed through, it's stuck. And mm -hmm. that's something that's not an external coming internal. It's turning into this internal thing now. And it's something you can't shake. So these imprints, these dark, stagnant pools of energy that get stuck in this field, that's like where they're coming from. And um, they get so putrid that the emotional response is irrational. It's yeah. gotten infected and gross and it gets triggered, whereas the appropriate response would be negative, but not irrational. Yeah. And I think an easy analogy is just like anger is an easy one for us to understand. If you look at someone who they go through life and they just forget where they put something and or they hit their toe on something. And it's like the magnitude of expression to the trauma of that moment doesn't add up. Now, how does it work? We use the information of the pattern to identify the imprint. And then the practitioner has a means of discerning where that pattern is and which imprint, which yucky stuff in the field is it connected to, which chakra is it getting into, chakra gets cleaned. And then the illumination is using energy from your soul, from your wirakocha, and filling and just using that to wipe out those roots. We were talking about those affinity. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, so that's how I see it, right? Yeah. I recently had a guest or a client, however you want to call them, who I'd been working with a lot in ayahuasca several years. And he had a lot of amazing experience in ayahuasca. And he was very skeptical about the energy medicine, the Andean energy medicine illumination protocol. And at the same time, he'd seen many people in my community 
combining the two together. And he's, you know what? I think for the first time, I need to do my first illumination in an ayahuasca ceremony. And I'm mm -hmm. like, cool. He goes, because I, I just think that I will see more. Essentially, what I've been explaining previously in this video was that through that heightened sensitivity of ayahuasca, that there'll be more understanding of what's going on energetically with the help of ayahuasca. And so we did an illumination with him during an ayahuasca ceremony. Super, super skeptical guy. Mm -hmm. And his particular pattern, I believe it was, if I remember correctly, he would, at any point where he was uh, confronted and asked to be vulnerable from an emotional standpoint, he would go into a freeze response. Like he, he would just shut down, essentially. And part of the illumination at the end, we have a discussion. And to be clear, there's generally some homework for the guest or the client to to work with, because if we're changing a pattern, we, we have to work with it. We have removed the energy associated. We have removed the affinity for it. The mental processes may still be there so that when we get into a triggering moment, the thoughts will start. And the, the, the instruction is, the homework is, notice the thoughts. Oh, I'm thinking those thoughts, but hold on. Let me check my energy. Oh, I'm not being overwhelmed anymore by this energy such that I lose my consciousness. No, I'm actually totally conscious. And now I have the opportunity to make another decision, mm -hmm. go a different way. And the, that is the homework. And what he said is immediately after that retreat, he was confronted with being emotionally vulnerable. And he's like, holy shit, man. Yeah, I saw it and felt it, but it wasn't overwhelming anymore. It wasn't irrational anymore. I didn't freeze. Mm -hmm. I didn't like it, but nobody likes to be vulnerable. <laughs> Let's be real, right? We can't remove these human emotions and responses because those are important information, important experiences to go through and work with. What we can do is change them from irrational responses, irrational emotions to oh, yeah, I'm receiving the information and I am clear to make a, a very skillful decision in this situation. So that was a really cool experience to work with. It's amazing. Uh, yeah. And it, it's, it just shows you to the level of skepticism, right? Because these are folks that, that exists out there and, and rightfully so. I think it's very important to be skeptic. And I had that in me when I was coming up, looking at this work, you too, probably Zach. And Dude, I was, when I signed up for the Violdo training course, I was like, I don't know why I'm doing this because I'm a plant medicine guy and then, and I don't see how this is going to work and yeah, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then I think it was three classes in, there was an initiation where they were, and this is going to sound weird to people watching because you don't know the full context, but they were installing the archetypes into my chakras. Mm -hmm. And so each chakra has a different archetype. Root is a snake or serpent. Second chakra is jaguar. Third chakra, hummingbird. Fourth chakra, eagle or condor. Waskar. Quetzalcoatl and then Pachacuti up top. So there's a process or initiation where they install these archetypes into the chakras. The teacher blows that energy into each chakra. And so the first one's like that. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, yeah, that's different. And then subsequent chakras, it was the, the same response. And that 
it, it was through the experience that I became a believer. And then subsequently going through, I don't know how many illuminations and how many soul retreats and literally just my life changed. It's almost night and day. My life pre Vildo work, Vildo training to now. I'm still, I still have some things that are percolating and I'll get together with my practice partner and continue the work. And at the same time, it's shocking how effective it is. Some people say, oh, there's life before ayahuasca and life after ayahuasca as being a really definitive point. I have life before ayahuasca, after ayahuasca, life before Viodo, the Four Wind Society, this Indian shamanic work, and then life afterwards. Incredible. I think I figured something out here, which is the patterns, the imprints, mm -hmm. what they do is when they're triggered, they essentially hijack our nervous system. Exactly. That's an easy way to say it for people that yeah. everyone can relate to. They literally uh, like it. They hijack our nervous system. And that's when you know those things that do. It comes and then you feel it in your skin. You feel it in your nervous system. It gets you. And there's different reactions. Shut down, coil in. There's stress, anger. There's freeze, right? But And you generally lose consciousness too. You lose consciousness. And the thing is the chakras are the connection between the nervous system and the hormonal. So that's the digital mm. and the analog is the way Violdo mm. had explained it. So basically, I think that's what we see after in all these descriptions is the mental layer is still there, but the nervous system is no longer mm -hmm. being activated because exactly. it doesn't exist in there anymore. And once you remove that, that nervous system taking control, then you you might still start. have the thoughts, but yeah. then you can make a decision. Do I continue down this pattern? Yeah. Oh, I don't have to. I can make the skillful decision to go a different direction. Yeah. And um, even, and that's what's even cool too, is I think if you remove this imprint, you don't have to be a freaking Jedi monk that's like perfect. And like, you can choose, like you can sometimes have that choice and be like, I know that I no longer necessarily get angry right away on X. Mm -hmm. But wait, I'm pausing, I'm evaluating, and no, like I'm deploying like that anger. Or yeah. there's also like you, you could still maybe do some of the behaviors, but you don't have the same. You're not going to lash out. You're yeah, not going to do. You're not going to have a gun to your head, right? You're in the driver's seat. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, and to be clear on these big patterns that I worked on, I'll still feel anger or I'll still feel frustration. It's yeah. just that it's not a. Ah, I'm not causing pain, hurt, pain, what have you, on someone else in my reaction. Rather, I can still have my boundaries and be like, hey, whatever the trigger was, please stop. That's not cool. That's different than attacking them and causing all sorts of pain. And, and it really doesn't help anyone uh, on either side if there's an irrational response. So to be clear, again, we're not removing uh, quote unquote negative or unwanted emotions. Those things are part of the human Beautiful. experience and they are important. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, I, I've had this experience with people who are new to doing this kind of work and they'll show up and be like, yeah, I, I don't want to be angry anymore. <laughs> I know it's important for you to be angry. It, and it's in, in fact, it's important and appropriate in some instances to be angry. Let's 
dial it in a little bit more. What, where are you being irrational in your anger? And so I have had some instances where someone shows up wanting to release something that is just not appropriate to release. And I'll just be like, hey, let's go back to your life and start noticing patterns that you are acting irrationally around. This is why I really love to work in combination with ayahuasca, because I, if you have a question of, yeah, I'm not sure what my patterns are, go into ceremony, ask ayahuasca, what's the pattern I need to work on? You will get an answer. And also, I really enjoy outside of ayahuasca retreats, working with people who have worked with ayahuasca, because ayahuasca, that's what she's really good at, is helping you identify things in your life that are not helpful. I also really love working with people who have a lot of experience around mindfulness or other spiritual practices because they're just more, the more self-aware one is, yeah. the easier it is to identify those patterns and it makes it easier on myself. I'm lucky in that I generally attract those types of people. Makes sense. Yep. Okay. So here we are now about to have the first retreat basically in July. Yeah. Um, what are the dates again? July five, six to fourteenth. Six to fourteenth, and nine days, four ayahuasca ceremonies, five illuminations, soul retrieval, destiny retrieval, installing the bands of power, and immersed pretty deep in the jungle. So, yeah, cool. I I do want to say one more thing about the com combination of the two because I'm on record. <laughs> if you do some searching online, you might find that I say, look, if you have an opportunity to do a retreat that's a longer retreat, say seven days plus with multiple ceremonies, which is ideal, and do a plant dieta, I still believe that. And there's an adjustment in that statement and that by doing this ayahuasca alchemy, that is four ceremonies plus five Ill illuminations, a soul retrieval, destiny retrieval, bands of power, <clears throat> that this is even more powerful and less suffering because the dieta <clears throat> is very draining physically and emotionally and all of these things. So that it's wonderful when we can bring these two modalities together, create more pointed, more directed outcomes, less suffering, and also teaching more about the energetic body so one can connect with the divine outside of ayahuasca. And so what I'm coming to the conclusion is that the ayahuasca alchemy, that combination is great for those who want deep healing over a short period of time and are not wanting to go on the shamanic plant medicine path. Because if you want to go on the shamanic plant medicine path, particularly in Peru, for the lineages there, you need to do these dietas. So that has to happen if you want to become a maestro and serve ayahuasca and all that sort of thing. And if you are on the plant medicine path, by doing the ayahuasca alchemy, combining the two modalities, you're going to clean out so much stuff that when you do go into a dieta, it's going to be a lot easier. And so I'm, I'm making that, that new qualification. And I think it's a pretty bold statement. For those who have been in the ayahuasca community and have been done dietas and so forth. Love it, Zach. So yeah, I think we breathed a lot of nice life into just this concept of the integrated approach, the ayahuasca alchemy. And I'm really excited to 
get more into the practice of it and see what kind of interesting breakthroughs and discoveries we make. And we'll have to keep having conversations like this as we learn new things and as we refine the approach even further. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Cool. cool. And then did you want to mention that special deal? Yes. If you sign up for a retreat, July 6th to 14th, and if you do that before March 15th, so second week in March, then that would be early bird for us. Helps us to fill the retreat up. And we're prepared to give you three nights extra stay at Casa del Otorongo to help with your integration experience, to help you rest, reflect, introspect in the same place where you did all of your medicine work. We provide connectivity to the internet and the modern world. We have Starlink, all those things, beautiful river to swim in, and it's, it's a great time. So we're doing that to give you a nice little gift uh, if you decide to sign up early. You want to take us home, Jake? Yeah. We really wanted to geek out here and talk shop and scientifically, but also creatively pick apart this integrated form of medicine. And I think it's so exciting. And I think that this is going to be something that allows us to make these transformational experiences a little bit more accessible to people just with the different permutations of how we can combine these two. Yeah. Yeah. Super stoked. Thanks for tuning in. And yeah. So your website. Yeah. So if anyone wants to, if anyone found this conversation really interesting and exciting, and maybe you're someone who's a business professional, but you're also spiritual and you're interested in this kind of stuff. And you might like to have a chat like this with Zach and I one day or with others, run a community called InSpirit online. So you could just go to inspirit.network and go on and apply if you want to join. We just started with a new cohort of people. We'll be letting in more people pretty soon to the community, and it's a pretty awesome place to be. If you want to connect with me personally, my website's jakehousden.com, or you could find me on LinkedIn, Jake Housden on LinkedIn. Cool. Awesome. That's me. Beautiful. And the last thing is, if you are keen on the retreats that Zach and I are hosting together in the jungle at Casa del Otorongo, you can go to Otorongo, O-T-O-R-O-N-G-O, retreats.com. And that's the website where you can find all the information and you could uh, request an intake form there. And just to add on to that about those retreats, the ceremonies are going to be led by Maestro Don Rodan Galindo, his wife Hertrudis, and then I will also be co-leading, co-facilitating, and Jake as well. Jake and I will be doing the Andean energy medicine work during those ceremonies. Love it. Cool, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Sending lots of love and jungle vibes your way.